Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. yep. Happy Friday. Hope you're doing well. Listen, I just got a chance to sit down with a couple of my guys from Merkle Media, recapping previous trips and future endeavors. And I wanted to record it and share it with you guys just so you understand what's going on a little bit because I have a lot of people that ask me, you know, what's going on with certain films and what am I up to? And also, just there's commentary in the comment sections and in emails that suggest that people don't totally understand everything that's going on right now. And so I just wanted to kind of share with you guys from, uh, my perspective in a conversation with two guys that I work with as to some of the things that we got going on. So the first person you're going to hear is Joseph Granda, who is the head of film and streaming development at Merkle Media. He's been on the show a couple of times telling his experiences in Hollywood. And he comes on today to talk to me about some of his experiences on our most recent trip to Washington, where we were hunting the Bigfoot in the location where Wes Germer from Sasquatch Chronicles had his Bigfoot encounter. Well, we had some experiences and Joseph and I talk about it. And then Joseph talks about the feature film that Merkle Media is putting out. We start shooting and filming this in two weeks in Colorado. Very excited about having a feature film so early on in Merkle Media's existence. And hopefully it's not the last one. Well, after I was done talking to Joseph, I was on the phone with Joel. Same day. And we decided to record as well because Joel and I were talking about that trip and what he experienced, but also our experiences in Utah on the film that's coming out soon, The Shape of Shadows, where we were chased by some individuals. And so we talk about that. And then we also talk about this new release that Joel's coming out with because Joel is doing soundtracks on every film that we come out. So every film that we come out with at Merkle Media, Joel is going to be doing soundtracks for that film. He's going to be doing a full soundtrack. And so one of the singles on the soundtrack for The Shape of Shadows is Adios, and he is dropping it this Friday. And so I figured, why not talk about that? And you can hear it on the outro of this little doohickey of whatever we got going on today. So hopefully you enjoyed these conversations I had with me and my team and the updates from Merkle Media. Let's get to it.
All right, today we got Joseph Grandub returning to the show. How you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? Episode 420, if you ever want to know anything about me, and it has nothing to do with bong hits. He he knows it by heart, episode well, 420. I, everybody remembers it when I say, <laughs> oh, it's episode 420. Perfect. If it was like 475, people are like, oh, what was it? What was it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I have a hard time remembering some episodes and some just stick out in my head. Uh, 420 is pretty easy to remember. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, if people want to listen to your first time on the show was 420 and that, that was the introduction uh, where you and I first got acquainted and all your experiences. Uh, two mainly, I think is what we rem- I remember talking about your UFO experience, which was crazy. Uh, and then also the seance that you were a part of in mm. the Hollywood circles. I was not a part. Yeah, I was there. You were there, so you were a part I of it. <laughs> I guess I was part of it. <laughs> you partook a little bit, uh, <laughs> but uh, next to a crazy actress that was super hot. Um, <laughs> they all were in that room, though, right? Uh, uh, but except uh, for the demon that showed up. <laughs> uh, but uh, and then you were on for a member episode. I don't remember what what number it was, but I think I called it something like Hollywood Elite uh, something. I I forget. Uh, but we explored like the dark side of Hollywood with you and uh, Kristen. Uh, she works in the industry, and you used to work in the industry, uh, the Hollywood industry, working in Hollywood and Broadway and things like that. So uh, this is the third appearance, and it's a different pace. Uh, you. Uh, before we start re- uh, recording here, you described yourself as uh, a Merkel Media employee, and I was like, "That's wild to hear." I, I don't, I don't have people, yeah. you know. Uh, well, tweet. I'm not making coffee for you. I'm the head of film <laughs> development. Yeah, so I, that's what that's where I was going. Um, that that's uh, that's somebody else's job. Uh, yeah, so you're Jack. Uh, how's Jack doing? He's doing fine. He's doing fine. Uh, so you are the head of film and streaming development at Merkle Media. It's a no-brainer to have you here and helping uh, with that department because I don't know what the heck that department needed. And uh, it was clear that we didn't know what that part department needed until you showed up and started showing us what needed to be done. It's like, oh, never would even thought that needed to be a thing. And so... Yeah. Uh, Thanks for now being here. Now we're about here. to make our third film. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's wild. So um, we we did... So you were around for Exhibition Dogman, but you saw it, and then you hopped on board for The Shape of Shadows, which will be coming out here soon. Right. Uh, and we recently did a screening for that that went amazing. It went awesome. In, in Washington. It sold out. and Yeah. We, we had, what, a 150-seat theater, and yeah. it sold out? Yep. Sold out. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was wild. So uh, we showed that and the advanced screening went well. And uh, the final touches of the actual film is being put on right now and we'll be dropping it soon. Uh, and then we went out to Washington for the third mm-hmm. one. And uh, wow, I think I think you and I, I think the only person that got, uh, got activity that they weren't expecting was Joel, because I think Joel expects acti- activity all the time. He's like, right. if I walked away alive, I'm disappointed. Uh, but uh, I, I think you even had experiences that happened that you were just like, I don't know, man. I didn't expect this to happen. Well, listen, I, 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 I've, I've come on board as sort of like, oh, this is, these are fun, interesting topics. I mean, I have a long history of, of, general interest in these cryptids and ufos but i never really took it seriously um until i had that experience um in utah 
with the shape of shadows that's coming out um that really made me think because i saw something fly across my face i mean through the air in broad daylight so that made me thinking and then uh then we came back from washington um you know with west with germer telling his story up there at, <clears throat> at sunset falls and it had lots of different experiences but that last night we were there um i i don't want to spoil or go go too into it and um i'm a fairly rugged guy i've been through a lot i mean i've been you know i've been scared and whatnot but that moment when we had those experiences inside the rv and then stepped out and well for me what made it really real is because i don't think you can imagine or or make up with your mind the smell of something and when that happened and then when i was looking through the the thermal cams it was the only time in my life that i've ever felt what what I understand terror being terrified feels like because I felt like I was in the presence of something that was what made it most, most terrifying is that whatever that was, was ambivalent to me. It was like, I could crush you. I could eat you or I could just go away, which gratefully it seemingly just walked away. Um, but I really, now I understand how, um, uh, people can get into a situation in life and 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 drop a deuce in their shorts because <laughs> thank God I went earlier that day because I would have certainly needed some depends after that. It was really really scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it was it was. I, I mean, we're sitting in an RV in the middle of the the the, <laughs> the forest and pitch black, and you feel like because I mean you're we we roll up there and it almost immediately started having activity uh and so you what do you do you kind of we put up the windows and we're we're trying to film from all these different angles within the rv joel was in the back you were in the front several people in the sides and we were all shooting different video angles uh and you feel like a a a fish in a fishbowl it's just like all right so there is no security here we all know that i mean this thing is here it could just reach through the wall and take us, you know, it's not that hard. Uh, and so like you're, you're looking out these windows and you're just like, man, this is like, there is no, there's no false sense of security in that moment. It's just like, this could be really dangerous right now. And I don't know if it is or it isn't. It, it, it was definitely uh, a nerve wracking night. Uh, the, the, the trip was well, and our, our RV was parked almost next to, uh, a, a truck that had been abandoned there uh, by a guy that is to this day still a missing persons on the sh- on the local sheriff's website there in Washington. Yeah, and somebody else recently went missing in that same area. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have uh, I've reached out to people that are tied to this. So I reached out. Well, Jack did too, but I, I I called the sheriff's office, and at the time of this recording, at least. Uh, I haven't gotten an answer back. I called the sheriff and talked with somebody there, an officer, and then he forwarded me to the uh, the detective that was on the case. And I left a voicemail and never heard back. Uh, I also, I think a few days later, called um, a person that knew this John guy that was missing. And uh, I, apparently they were engaged at one point. And 
And uh, I had a lengthy conversation with her, about a 30-minute conversation that uh, was, it was interesting. It was very interesting. And, and just put it this way, um, she's not ruling out Bigfoot. And so, right, you know. <laughs> well, we do know that Bigfoot doesn't smoke marijuana because left behind in his camp was probably two big jars. There were probably an ounce or more each of very fresh cannabis which yeah. is you know legal just about everywhere and, and that giant glass bong and his shoes were left behind it was just i don't know it was and it was the same spot you know a few days later yeah we had all that experience and we've got some amazing sounds and some video footage and then that orb that we're sending off to try and get confirmed that it wasn't some sort of bug but i don't it was raining so hard i didn't know anything that could fly in at night i didn't tinkerbell um so i don't know it's weird yeah, but that brings us that brings us to where we are now with in the Bigfoot world. Um, you know, when we when I, when I came on board, I, I you know we talked about you know these documentary style expedition films are great, but let's see if we can make a narrative feature film and do justice to the story of Sasquatch because there's over two hundred different type of Bigfoot Sasquatch Yeti movies out there and. And listen, I'm not slighting artists. Artists should go and do whatever it is they want to do. Um, but what's important is story. And none of these movies have any story to it other than co-eds camping and getting torn apart by Bigfoot. And frankly, we, we don't have any proof that Bigfoot has ever um, torn anybody apart and killed them, unfortunately, because imagine what data that would bring. Um, so, you know, in all these ex, ex explorations and understandings and, and then my own sort of experience. Um, I just think I, I felt strongly that there's something bigger behind Bigfoot, uh, not whether it is or what it is, but what does it mean to us as people, as people, what does it mean to the American psyche to, or to the individual person? Um, and I can't speak for other people, but I can tell you this, that when I was 10 years old, my father walked out of the house and I never saw him again. And 15 years later, I got a phone call that he had been found dead in the Sequoia National Forest. And um, so that does a lot to a young person. I'm much older now. Um, and so I had this, and so much happens to us in our subconscious. And so I had, I, I started to gain this, this sort of subconscious sort of being drawn to Bigfoot and Sasquatch and like, you know, what does it mean to live freely and wild in the forest, uh, away from society and away from all this technology and nonsense and, 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 and political strife and pain. And, you know, what, what is that like? So that, I think subconsciously that was like my pull towards Bigfoot, you know, and of course it, it acted out in general interest, uh, you know, in t-shirts and bumper stickers and action figures and, uh, throughout my whole life. But as an older person now, well, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm in a rocking chair, but <laughs> you know, I'm in my fifties is, is I had to ask myself, what does this mean to me? You know, what is it? And for me, um, it, it, it sort of took on this legendary role of like, like a father figure in a sense, um, is, you know, if I had a father growing up, I would want him to be, um, rugged and free and wild and, and interesting. And those are all things that Bigfoot. And so, so I wrote this story, uh, this film that we're two weeks away from shooting here in Colorado. 
It's called the Sasquologist, and it's really it's about um, a, a professor of evolutionary anthropology who was thrown out of his university um, for pursuing this Bigfoot, um, and he reluctantly uh, takes with him a young protege to to learn the ways of hunting Sasquatch. And basically, what what they're out there while they're searching is they sort of heal the woundedness that we all have inside us. Um, you know, even having really good parents, you, they can't help but leave leave some sort of woundedness or strife behind. And so what happens out there is that uh, along with actually encountering a Bigfoot, you they kind of heal each other's brokenness from from father from a fatherless upbringing. So that's the gen- it's not a horror movie. Um there's no gimmicky Bigfoot people dressed in costumes. I mean, they they come across and they they uh, they you know, they find somebody who's a hoaxer and expose him and um but it's it's a movie that goes beyond just the idea of Bigfoot being um a horror film. There's plenty of those out there. I really wanted to bring forward the question, uh, what does Bigfoot mean to you other than a pastime or a fun thing to listen about? It's got to have some other bigger meaning within you if it's an interest of yours, because it has for me, and it's taken me years to uncover and discover that. Wow, that's really cool. I mean, I'm really excited about it, obviously. I've, uh, I think you presented this idea to me probably about a year ago now. Uh, it's it's kind of been in the process, and it's kind of weird to even think that we're on the doorstep of of actually shooting two weeks from now. Uh, it's, I mean, I don't know. It, it just it's it's all sur- I'm living a life that seems to be very surreal to me right now. Like I'm like <laughs> when I try to sit back and take inventory, I'm like, how did I get here? You know, and uh, here we are on another chapter. Um, it's definitely not something that I totally expected to ever have the opportunity to be part of, but uh, I'm really excited about having you know a feature film. I mean, with acting and and storyline, and you know maybe uh, maybe people walk away with the with a whole other perspective when it comes to these topics, and maybe a new new uh, a respect that is presented. Yeah. You know, I really wanted to be respectful to the people such as myself who are who are fans of Bigfoot. In whatever way they are, I think they deserve to have a story that makes them think about uh, what this legend is bigger than um, tearing apart campgrounds, <laughs> which doesn't seem to really happen. Um, yeah, so I wrote it. I'm directing it. I'm playing one of the leads in it. I have a long history in this business, so I'm confident about my abilities there. Um, and I, and I, but ultimately, I, I, I want this movie to be what these things should be and they should be entertainment and thoughtfulness. Yeah. And I definitely know that that's what it's going to be. Uh, and for people, you know, listening th- to this, uh, no, I am not acting in this. So don't even ask <laughs> <laughs> this. This is, a, so this is something that I, uh, I'm really actually excited about tackling in the beginning here of th- this company, because I, I think ultimately one day, I don't want to be in the films. You know what I mean? Like one day I don't want to be running around the woods chasing monsters. I'm probably going to want to be in a rocking chair watching somebody else do it on a, on a screen. 
And so it's kind of cool that, you know, we're putting on a whole project and I'm, I'm very hands off when it comes to not needing to be on film, which is great because I, I don't, I feel, I feel very uncomfortable being on film to begin with. That's why my camera stopped working during this interview. <laughs> so, well, there, there, there is a homage to the confessionals in the film where one, where the lead character is actually listening to a podcast about Bigfoot that he completely disagrees with. How dare he? But okay. I know. And I think he, I think he even calls you a, an a-hole. Well, he's probably right on that one. So. <laughs> Nobody's ever called you an a-hole, Tony. Uh, plenty. I actually just said, no, that's a conversation for after we're done recording. <laughs> At least once a week, I stumbled across an email that my wife is trying to protect me from. <laughs> and so, uh, that just means you're over the target, my friend. Yeah. It just means your people are loving what you're doing. Yeah, that's it's a good thing. Uh, and so you, you, you actually, uh, you've been very handy for me even on that aspect of things where, you know, you've been around the block when it comes to dealing with, uh, you know, people that consume what you do content wise. Uh, and you've been kind of, I don't, I don't want to say mentoring cause it's definitely not a mentor, but it, it's like, uh, you, you throw pointers at my, my way and just like, Hey man, here's a new perspective to think about when you, when you cross this with, uh, with people. And so it's been much appreciated for me to just, you know, hear what you have to say when it comes to, uh, dealing with complete strangers who seem to hate your guts in the moment. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, when you're making something creative, most people out there know that you, you can't make it for other people. You have to please the creative process of the artist yeah. itself, you know, and know that, uh, I'm not that unique of an individual and there's going to be a similar same amount of people that agree with me or enjoy what it is I'm putting out there. And, you know, for the haters, as they say, um, I pray for you. <laughs> so I got to, I got to get out of here because there, you can't, I couldn't, uh, you wouldn't believe what it takes to put a feature film together with a crew and a cast and everybody's got to eat. And, but we are going to be posting, um, photos from the set, uh, to probably it'll end up on Merkle media or whatever one you do, I'll send you the photos. And then also, um, on my Instagram account, which I think is Joseph Granda four, or you can go to josephgranda.com and, and find it there, but we're going to post pictures from the set there. Yeah. So people can go follow uh, the social medias, Joseph Granda four Merkel media is on Instagram. You can follow the confessionals, obviously. And even my personal, we'll probably post it on all three accounts and stuff and really kind of get it out there. So people can kind of see, uh, the behind the scenes stuff. And uh, I'm really excited about it, Joseph. I appreciate you taking the head on this and leading the way and uh, making this a reality. So it's it's just gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Excited about it. Yep. Well, as I say it at Chick Fil A, my pleasure. All right, that was Joseph Granda, head of film and streaming development at Merkel Media. Joseph, thanks for joining me and giving people a behind-the-scenes look at Merkle Media as to what we got going on and some of your own experiences on one of the most recent films we shot. And speaking of films, I'm very excited about Sasquatch just coming out here to shoot in Colorado. Uh, it's just one of those things where I just really never thought I'd be doing, and here we are shooting a feature film, and it's going to be awesome. I hope you guys enjoy it when it comes out. It won't be out for a little while, but when it does, I know you're going to like it. It's going to be a very professionally done feature film. I expected to win many Grammys, nominees of uh, Oscar stuff. I don't know those award stuff, but whatever is available, 
I'll take it all with me. All right. So today we have Joel coming on as well. Joel and I were sitting and talking and decided to hit record as well, talking about his experiences with me shooting these films and also his latest single coming out off the soundtrack of The Shape of Shadows, Adios, which will be the outro song of this episode. Let's get to Joel and his experiences with me dragging him through the woods hunting monsters. All right, next up, we got Joel from Van Tesla Music. We got Joel from Kill the Mockbirds, my favorite. Joel from my films at Merkle Media. What's up, brother? What's up, man? How you doing? Dude, I'm doing good, man. So uh, you and I were chit-chatting here, and uh, we figured we'd just kind of record and talk about it. Uh, you and I were talking about how we went out to Utah and shot the film The Shape of Shadows, and most of the world... Uh, has not seen it yet. There is a select few of 150 people who bought tickets and packed out a theater in Washington when we were out there filming our uh, another film that we're going to be coming out with. And um, other than those 150 people, nobody's seen The Shape of Shadows. And after the whole point of that that uh, advanced screening wasn't to show people, you know, uh, like a premiere of a final project, but as much as getting people's input. And we did. We got people's input as to what they saw, what they would like, you know, maybe some adjustments and things like that. We went back to the lab and Ward is putting final touches on it. And we'll be coming out with The Shape of Shadows here uh, pretty soon, pretty soon. And when I do, when when I'm getting ready to drop it, everybody will know. You guys will know exactly where to get it, when to see it, all that stuff. But uh, you and I were talking about some of the, I don't know, highlights, I guess, from that experience, that trip. And uh, I, the the one thing that kind of always sticks out in my head, and to be honest with you, it's funny because I forgot that it was even uh, an event that happened until uh, the editing process started, was that night that we were followed. And that all kind of started with you because like, I wouldn't have known anything. I was oblivious. Like I was driving and uh, had no idea until you're like, Tony, stop the car. I'm like, what? You know, so... Uh, like, like kind of give people a teaser of that experience of what they'll see in the film. Yeah, man. So if anybody knows me at this point, listens to Kill the Mockingbirds or have heard me on your podcast or any of the like, knows uh, I'm pretty, you know, anti the system. So in saying that, uh, also brews a concoction of paranoia that goes on in my head 24-7. So I'm always looking around. I'm always looking, you know, outside of the box, even when I'm in a group of people, right? So I'm always kind of seeing what's going on beyond the people I'm talking to. And this kind of happened on the way back to the campsite that night. It was dusk. It wasn't quite dark yet. And we were driving past this dirt road and there was a lot of them out there in the desert, right? And they just let off into nowhere. But I noticed on this one particular dirt road, there was a truck, but the truck's lights were on, but not the main headlights, right? You could tell that the truck was on, but the lights were off. So I was like, that's kind of odd, but you know, I'm going to chalk it up to maybe these guys are just waiting to get out of here. They're waiting for somebody. But as soon as we passed, you know, maybe, I don't know, hundred feet lights kicked on and they whipped in behind us. So I started watching them for about a mile or two. 
before I said anything to you guys. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to wait and <laughs> make sure this is somebody following us. But they definitely were because there was It's were like some... you, you wanted to make sure that it wasn't, okay, I want to make sure my conspiratorial brain isn't kicking into hyperdrive right now. This is actually happening. <laughs> right, man. I mean, because you know, man, we've hung out so much and you know my mind's going to go to the furthest extent first. And then like, of course, you'll be there. You're like the middle ground, right? You're ready to go there, but you're going to try to be reasonable. And then we've got some other people that are on the trip that are very reasonable reasonable, right? Yeah. I'm always like way off the deep end, like immediately. And then I reel myself back in. So especially with situations like that, I'm like, wait, a minute. I'm going to wait and see. We're on this trip. I don't want to make something out of nothing, but it definitely was. So I saw him tracking us. And as soon as we got, we pulled in to the front of the ranch, I saw them slow up. And that's when I said, hey, Tony, man, stop the vehicle now. Let me get out. And when I did, they crept right by the road to turn in. And then they started creeping past. And that's when I jumped back in. I said, they definitely were following us. And then, of course, we made the uh, bold decision to track them at that point. And we got in behind them. And that's when they took off, like 100, 120 miles an hour. They were going. I mean, they were trying to shake us. We were going pretty fast, too. Also, there's a piece of this that we forget to tell people, and it's not in the film, but there was another car that whipped in behind us during this chase that was also following us. So it was down the way, probably a good three or four miles. We were tracking this vehicle. There was another vehicle that pulled in behind us. But as soon as that vehicle got out of our scope of sight that we couldn't track anymore, that vehicle also pulled off. So I think it was a joint effort, plus what happened back at the ranch which I won't say on here and they can watch on the film, but what happened at the ranch while this was going on too. So yeah, man, I, I know my conspiratorial brain can kick in, but Hey, it's good for some things, right? Like it, when it's really going down, like I'm already on it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, uh, I remember you getting out of the, the, the forerunner and it, I, I, I guess I was probably thinking, Oh, he sees a light in the sky or something. Cause the, the night before, I mean, we, the the sky lit up. I mean, we had so many UFO experiences, and uh, and I was like, uh, and you were like, that night. It was like if I wanted to come up to you and be like, "Hey, Joel, let me ask your thoughts on this." You're like, "Not now, not now." I'm looking at the lights in the sky. Like you were, you were zoned in, and it was just like, "Hey, Joel, no." <laughs> you know, it, it was just like, you know, I, I think I could have like, you know, robbed you blind that night. You were so focused in. And so I was like, okay, so Joel's seeing uh, some lights in the sky and stuff. And then when you get in, you tell us that was, I guess when you say middle ground for me, like I'm kind of like in the middle, that's where I kind of went to an extreme. And, and, Cause I, I was like, let's go follow him. And I'm like, Lindsay would not like this at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she, she would not be happy with this decision. Um, but. I'm in Utah and she's in Tennessee. So here we go. And, uh, <laughs> and, and granted, uh, we had a vehicle. I think there was five guys in that vehicle. I think so. It was you, me, Jack, Christian, and, and, and Ward. So uh, it, it was a loaded down car with full grown men, uh, gear in the back, and uh, a forerunner that doesn't run very fast to begin with, in my opinion. Uh, it didn't have the get up that I, that I wanted in a vehicle. That forerunner has since been traded in. Uh, but, <laughs> hey, man, if you can't keep up with another vehicle, you get you get gone out of my family. No more in the drive. <laughs> You're not in the driveway. Uh, but uh, no, I got I got a I got a vehicle with a turbo on now. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I that was the moment that Tony upgraded. <laughs> yeah. like, no, not again. <laughs> Time for a turbo. Uh, but um, yeah, no, it, it was 
I, I remember feeling very uh, helpless in the sense that, you know, I was stepping on, I could not get up to this vehicle. And uh, granted, like we were a heavier vehicle, but I couldn't, I couldn't catch up. And then that vehicle popping in behind us, it was one of those things where I was sitting, it, you're in the moment and you're just not in the moment though. Uh, you, like I right. mentally, I was just somewhere else. Like I, like you're not gauging the danger. You're not gauging the situation accurately and properly. You're not really viewing what the situation is for what it is in that moment. Uh, until you kind of look back on, it, you're like, oh man, that could have been a pretty hairy situation if a number of things would have happened. You know, it it could have been pretty bad. Anywhere from trying to keep up on uh, driving too fast on back roads uh, with dirt and, and sliding off the road, rolling the, the the vehicle to, you know, actually getting like, what what happens if we, we somehow get in contact with the people in those vehicles? Like, what are we going to do? What were we going to do? Were we going to fight them? You know, like what, like what was, what was the next decision in that process? I have no idea. Uh, but hopefully it made for a good film. Uh, so uh, I, <laughs> I, f- I found it very interesting, uh, just kind of looking back at some of the things that happened. Uh, it, it really, it seems, and I don't know if you feel this way, but like for me, it feels like we, so far, we've gone out on these trips now three separate times. We're planning a, a few more here. And uh, every time we go out, we we get a story that we really weren't looking for. What we, you know, we we put ourselves in these situations and and uh, it just seems to unfold around us. And I'll talk about it here now and kind of get your opinion because uh, the world knows the situation. So we, like you just shared what we have here on The Shape of Shadows. And there's other stuff. There's, there's a lot of other stuff that we just did not expect to happen. And, um, and then on the first film, Exhibition Dogman, the tree shake, and everybody gets mad. Oh, where was it on video? Yeah, okay. The video wasn't rolling and stuff. You just got to take my word for it, you know? But the the reality is, like, we weren't going out there looking for trees, like, violently shaking, uh, and and that happened. And then, um, and then for this this most recent trip to Washington, you know, finding that vehicle, the missing person, and stuff. I've talked about it, you know, publicly before. That's why I'll do it now. Uh, but I mean, that's an ongoing situation, and I've talked to people that are very closely connected to that uh, on the phone, and it, it's it's very concerning. And so we we kind of stumbled across almost like a missing four one one situation there. What yeah. what do you think? I mean, do you have you thought about it that way? And and do you think there's anything to it other than just sheer randomness and luck that we are going out and we're you know we're looking for Bigfoot, we're looking for Dogman, we're looking for you know things in the sky at Skinwalker Ranch, and we're just getting this other stuff. It, it seems to be kind of odd to me. No, I think it's all connected. I think that when you're open-minded and you're going to look for things, I don't think we're ever going to find what we're specifically going there to look for, right? I don't think that's how it works. I just think that we're putting ourselves in a space where we're typically in a lot of places where they would say that the the veil is thinning and that we tend to go to those places, right? So if we go to those places and from a spiritual aspect, we're very open to understanding that these things exist and we don't really understand exactly what they are, but we know they exist. You're going to have things happen. And especially that last night that we were there in Washington, when things really popped off and it really got crazy for us, you know, I, I talk about that to people off air all the time. Like, man, this wild stuff went down when we were there and yeah, we, we were surrounded. Like I can, I can absolutely say that without a shadow of doubt, especially when I left you guys 
and I was alone in the woods. That's that moment, man, when you're alone yeah. and things are there with you and you know it. Uh, you know, at any moment, you're just you're on a razor's edge. And I, and I think I think I thrive off of that, to, to be honest with you. I think I enjoy getting to that that edge of danger. And I think that's why my mind's always working the way that it is and why that I was able to see that vehicle following us that night too. I just think that's just the way my mind works. I process things that way. But I do agree with you, man, that we put ourselves in these situations to find these things. And every trip we found something. It, well, multiple things on every trip. So it's not been just one thing. But I can say going into the trip, we've gone typically looking for something specific and it ended up being something completely different. Yeah. And that's that's kind of like what I said to the people at the theater when I was talking to them, uh, I think before we, we showed them the film. Uh, you know, I'm standing there and talking to them and I said, tell them, listen, what I do is a very simple formula. I, I put myself in this situation and see what happens around me. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly feel, feel like we have probably a lot of things happening around us we're just not aware of because we're not focused in on it. And when we go on these trips to areas that are known for activity of something and we're focusing right. in and we're just existing, we're not distracting ourselves with, uh, you know, techniques and this, that, and the other, I, we're just there existing in the environment. And I, there might be something to say about that. There might be something to say about when you go out, say in the woods and you're like, I'm going to try this and I'm going to try that. And I'm going to try this, 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 this. And you have a whole list of things you want to try Instead of just existing in the moment right there and just seeing what unfolds around you, uh, we might miss a lot of stuff just by, you know, having a game plan and trying to execute a game plan instead of just letting the the environment around us kind of show itself to us. Uh, and that's kind of like our our the way we do it. I mean, you know, we, we might try certain, you know, strategies like, hey, let's send Joel off alone and if a portal opens up and sucks him in, we'll know if he doesn't show up in 15 minutes kind of thing. But uh, you know, it, it's like, we'll, we'll try things like that, but we, we really try to just exist in the moment, let it unfold around us. Hey, if they're here, let's let them, let's let, let's let it find, find us. And, and it just, I don't know. That's our, that's the way it works right now for us. It may not always be that way, but I think right now it's been working. Uh, I'm really excited about the next trip we're doing. I'm not going to talk about it right now, but, uh, oh I, I am, <laughs> I am already psyching myself up for that. I am so <laughs> like I am so, like I'm not gonna want to come home. I'm not gonna want to come home. I it is like of all the trips we've done so far, this is the one I think I am so excited about for so many reasons. Um, but Lord help me if there's a portal. <laughs> like, I, I think you and I are going to be like, okay, you know what? We had a good run here. We got to go check this out. <laughs> so, uh, it is what it is. But um, yeah, man, I, I, I just, uh, I saw us talking here and, and kind of going down the road of uh, thinking and talking out loud. And I see my camera went off. Just ignore that. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things where I just feel like, you know, I think we're on to something and I think that people are going to enjoy watching us in the moment, just kind of going on the journey with us and and traveling through this experience with us. And that's what we're trying to do is just kind of take people on this journey of what we experienced so that they hopefully feel like they experienced it with us. Um, And I'd be remiss to not bring up though uh, something else that you do uh, for these these projects, and that's the soundtracks. 
Uh, and this this uh, this is actually a new thing. The very first film, Exodus Dogman, we did not do this, but uh, we were. I remember we were having a meeting, and I think it might have been Joseph that brought. It. I don't remember who brought it up, but somebody brought up the fact that you should do soundtracks with every film that we come out with. And I was like, that's a genius idea. And uh, you've released a couple from this soundtrack as singles so far. Do, do you remember which ones they were? Yeah, the first official single that I did was 30 Hours to Utah with Sean Chris, who also works with me at Kill the Mockingbirds, who's a great musician too. So yeah, we did that song. There's a couple of other songs that did make the soundtrack that I thought fit really well, which Joseph and I talked about. Uh, Head in the Clouds will be on there, which I thought fit really well with the theme of where we were going. Um, but as far as just official singles, 30 Hours Utah was the, was the first. This will actually be the second uh, official single and the last single before I put out the entire project, which with the entire project, I do have an official music video coming out for a song on that that I've done with Ward already. So that will be coming out in conjunction with the actual film and the entire soundtrack will drop then. But this song is something that I felt like I wanted to put out before the actual full project came out. I know you're a big fan of it. I know when I first sent it to you, you were very much like, oh my God, man, this is crazy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the the essence of the song is actually created from us being followed that night. That That is what spawned me creating this song because all of the songs are interwoven throughout the trip when I wrote them, right? So they, they all had a piece to do with something that happened on the trip. Now, granted, when you're listening to the songs, they can relate to you in any way because it's not that I'm speaking directly about the trip. It's It could be metaphorically. It could be a lot of different things. But Adios was a spawn from us being followed that night. And I felt like the the instrumental was really high octane. And that's kind of how we felt, you know, adrenaline pumping. We were chasing this vehicle, getting followed by another vehicle, all the crazy stuff that happened after that. And Adios uh, is about going down rabbit holes, like opening your mind. And it's not necessarily about conspiracies either. It could be whatever you consider that to be, right? Whatever, whatever you're, you know, trekking and 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 following down. Now the the word adios means goodbye. So there is a line on the song, like, you know, I'm I'm hunting down things that might make me go adios. Like, you know, that's kind of the point. So that's that's where it came from. And I really wanted to hone in this project on something alternative. And that's really what I was going for with this project. Uh, it's probably the least hip-hop thing I've done as far as project-wise uh, in my life. So it was something I definitely wanted to uh, expound on. And every project will be like that. That's, that's connected to the films. Like Every project will be have a different theme. It'll be different in structure and all that. It, it just needs to represent the trip that we went on. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm excited about people being able to uh, get their hands on the whole soundtrack. Uh, we'll play Adios as the outro song for this little uh, doohickey that we're recording. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, listen, I, I just, I think it was, I think uh, the Shape of Shadow film is going to be uh, one that people really enjoy. I had a blast on that trip. And the trip we did in Washington lights out just off the wall for so many reasons that we didn't expect. Uh, and the next one I think is going to be, dude, 
The next one, if you don't have a song for the soundtrack on the next one that's called Portal Jumping, I'm going to be severely <laughs> disappointed because we didn't get what we went for. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I just, like, like this isn't hip hop. This is portal hops, you know, or something like, like <laughs> it, yes. we need, we need to find ourselves in some kind of endless wormhole where in this timeline, nobody ever knows what happened to us. We cease to exist. Everybody's sad. Everybody cries. But they'll never know because a million years here in this timeline is a second in the next one. And we loop back and come back right in the right spot. And we're back, baby, to tell stories. That is what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. A million years worth of stories to share with everybody. And they'll never know that we died. They'll never know we disappeared. But we are going to have some bonkers stories all about portals and cryptids and what goes bump in the night with that said joel thanks for hanging out with me a little bit yeah brother that's all you got after that after that little rant is yeah brother come on man no just kidding <laughs> Look, man, i'm all the way down with you you know I, i'm ready to hop off in some portals i'm ready to to do it all and i think every trip that we go on we're getting it, it's expanding right this last trip was was fantastic in Washington. And by the way, don't listen to Justin. I've helped him off air. I know he's trying to disprove one specific thing. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't going to do it for me because I pulled up the picture and looked at it with him over the weekend and he can't say that I'm not right. So I'm going to tell you right now, he's trying to throw his little biology crap in there. It ain't working because he can't tell me for a fact. He can't. He can't tell me. So I don't care what he's coming with trying to scientifically disprove it. It's not. It's what I said it is, Tony. It is. <laughs> uh, on that note, they're going to have a cliffhanger. What is it? Well, you'll have to find out when we come out with the film. But uh, <laughs> we did catch something on film. What is it? We'll have Joel and Justin debated on this show one day.
behind a curtain I'm digging in the things They say I'm on a spectrum Craftsman and these threads trying to build a 